Come, Holy Spirit, come by the most powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. Today is a beautiful solemnity for us, the solemnity of all saints, where we honor and celebrate and rejoice in and ask for the intercession of all of the saints in heaven. Not just the canonized saints, not just the ones that we know about, but all of them, because there are far more saints in heaven than have been canonized by the church. In fact, we heard in our first reading uh, this multitude that couldn't even be counted in the vision that St. John saw, this great multitude of saints that intercede for us, that are for us an example and a witness because we are called to do what they did. We're called to imitate their example. We're called to live as they did. We sometimes forget that we have access to everything that the saints had access to. They were just as human as you and I, the same struggles, the same weaknesses, but they had access to the same grace, the same God, the same sacraments, the same faith, the same church. We are given by God everything we need to become saints, to follow the example of those who have gone before us. But what does it mean to be a saint? What are we called to do? How are we called to live? It's really quite simple. Jesus sums it up. The whole law can be fulfilled in these two great commandments, to love God above all things with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love our neighbor as ourselves but not half-heartedly, not casually. We're called to love heroically, to love with a generosity that isn't humanly possible, but is made possible by divine grace. But we need to understand what it means to truly love. There's so much confusion today, and there has been probably for all of human history, about what love truly consists in. Loving God and loving our neighbor uh, is not just something that we do in our words. It's not something that we say. It's not about our emotions or how we feel. In fact, St. John tells us elsewhere in his first letter, uh, our second reading was from his first letter, in which we heard about the saints see God as he truly is. They behold him face to face, and in doing so, they become like him. That is the destiny that awaits us. But elsewhere, St. John says that, quote, little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in deed and truth. Love is proven in actions, in how we live our lives. In fact, Jesus tells us quite clearly what it means to love him. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And elsewhere, he says, if a man loves me, he will keep my word. This is how we live our love for God and our neighbor, by keeping his commandments, by doing the things that he has commanded us to do, by not doing the things that he has commanded us not to do. This is how we love God. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's easy to keep God's commandments when it kind of corresponds to perhaps what we would already be inclined to do, what we already have a desire to do when it's convenient. But other times we all know that it's hard. 
to do what God is asking us or to refrain from something he's told us not to do. Temptation is real. The power of temptation is real, and sometimes we all struggle with that. Sometimes keeping God's commandments requires sacrifice, self-denial. And this is when our love is truly tested, but also when our love can truly grow. Because the true test of love is the, will, is the extent, the willingness that we have to suffer and sacrifice. We love someone to the extent that we're willing to sacrifice for them, to the extent that, that, that we're willing to lay down our life for them, to the extent that, that, that we're willing to put their interests before our own, even if it requires great personal sacrifice. This is the example that Jesus gives us on the cross. That is what true love looks like. And that's how we're called to love God and to love our neighbor, to be willing to sacrifice our entire lives for that love. Because we're not called to be half-hearted disciples of Jesus. We're not called to be lukewarm Christians. We're not called to be Catholics in name only. We're called to be radical, extraordinary, heroic disciples and witnesses of Jesus Christ. To acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior, not just with our words, but with our very lives. This is what the saints did. They gave everything to follow God. They gave everything as a witness of their love for him, even if it meant their entire life, even if it meant their physical life. We could actually say that, in a sense, all of the saints were martyrs. Because the church has always distinguished two types of martyrdom. The one that we usually think about is what's called red martyrdom, where the saint literally gives their life for the faith. But there's also something called white martyrdom, which isn't the giving of our physical life to the point of death, but it's the laying down of our life in a daily basis. Dying to ourself, serving and sacrificing out of love, letting go of our own self-interests. This is a real type of martyrdom, a real type of giving our life out of love for God and our neighbor. And this is what we're called to do. So I think a good question for us to reflect upon this morning is, am I willing to give everything for love of Jesus? Am I willing to give everything for my faith in him? If it came to it and you had to choose between being faithful to Jesus and something else that you really desired or really appreciated, what would you choose? If it came to it and you had to choose between being faithful to Jesus and losing a friend because of your faith, would you be willing to lose that friend for the sake of Jesus? Would you be willing to lose a family member? Would you be willing to lose your job your livelihood, your income? Would you be willing to lose your health, respect and honor, prestige? Are we willing to lose anything and everything for love of Jesus, for our faith in him? Because he tells us in our gospel that as his disciples, if we truly wish to be blessed, we can expect to experience persecution, to be reviled, for the name of Jesus. But he says, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. 
But I also want to hold out and offer a, a kind of spiritual practice and a prayer that can help us enormously live in such a way that we're not afraid about what we might have to give for our Lord. We're not afraid about what we might have to suffer, to not be afraid about what we might have to sacrifice, because all of us will be asked to sacrifice something. And it's a, a spiritual practice that uh, centers around this idea of surrender. Because one of the biggest sources of anxiety and fear, one of the biggest sources that sometimes uh, holds us back from giving ourselves wholeheartedly to the Lord is kind of our desire for control, our desire for our own will, our desire for uh, us to be in charge of our life and how things go. And so we feel like we have to make sure that everything's going to be okay, that we have to be in control. And it doesn't work. We can't do it. And it just leads to uh, fear and anxiety. But a secret, a way of living in true peace is just to surrender, to let the Lord be in control. And there's a very beautiful novena called the Surrender Novena, uh, which just offers a, a various meditations on how to surrender to the Lord, and it concludes with this very simple prayer that we could pray on a daily basis or throughout the day. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. You take care of everything. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. You take care of everything. Acknowledging the Lord is in control, acknowledging that he is Lord of our life, and that he can take care of everything in the way that he sees is best. Because there will be hardships in life. God will allow us and invite us to carry the cross. But everything God allows and does in our life is for the sake of our sanctification and our eternal salvation. And we're called to trust that if some tragedy comes into my life, will I trust that this is actually what's best for me? That if I can embrace this in faith, God will bring an incredible good out of it. Can I surrender my own will to the Lord? You could even modify it if there's something particular that you know you're kind of attached to, that you know is an obstacle for you. Jesus, I surrender my anxiety to you. You take care of everything. Jesus, I surrender my fear to you. You take care of everything. Jesus, I surrender my future to you, the future of my family, the future of my children. Jesus, I surrender my career. I surrender everything to you. You take care of everything. And when we do this, when we exhibit this heroic faith, Jesus is always faithful, and he will truly work wonders in our life. We will experience and live the beatitudes, the blessedness, the joy that the saints before us also lived. And we'll come one day to that heavenly kingdom where they're waiting for us, where they're interceding for us, so that we too can see God as he truly is, so that we can be with him face to face, and experience that eternal love and bliss of heaven.